Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just the young boy. What? <gasps> what? <gasps> so cool. Cool? Cool. So cool. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Ice and cool boys. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a very important, very intellectual, literary episode of the Cool Boys Podcast. This is arguably the most important episode the Cool Boys Podcast has ever had, because it is the first episode without Ballard. Ballard has died. He'll be back next week, hopefully. And as a result, this episode is going to be reading stuff. Now, in addition to being dead, Ballard has also provided me with two show documents, which we always use to facilitate the show. I'm checking out them now, doing this live. The first one is apparently titled The Corey Show. I'll just click on that. This was likely created in the unlikely scenario that Corey had recorded with me. He chose not to. So that would have said, greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to another installment of the Cool Boys podcast. I'm Felk. And then Corey would say, I'm, and I'm Corey. That's not relevant here. Uh, then I would say, Ballard died, so cool. And Cool Boy Nation, if you want to reach out and touch a cool boy, email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's still relevant. The other doc is apparently titled, Alt Quarantine Erotica. Now, this is pretty much what I'm going to be doing this episode anyways, is reading literary erotica. However, I'm not really feeling the lockdown stuff. I don't want to talk about quarantines anymore. I'm not super excited to talk about the impending renewed coronavirus hysteria. But in tribute to the deceased Ballard, I'm going to go ahead and uh, check out what he provided me with. Maybe read a few of them. Now, this episode would start... Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to another installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk. Ballard died. Moving on. We's about to go in the lockdown again. So here's some quarantine erotica. And Cool Boy Nation, if you want to reach out and touch a cool boy, email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. And now let's move on to our actual Cool Boy Show topic. Report preliminary findings. Not worried about her. We gotta keep him gagged. Cool boy nation, pop your cocks and drop your tops. It might be interesting and important for you to know. It's time for our cool boy show topic. Hey, I like that. Spoilers. No sweat. So cool. And here I have been provided with a link. This link is described as quarantined with sister from litrotica.com. The URL is https colon forward slash forward slash www.literotica.com slash s slash quarantined with sister. Let's click on that right now. Not found. So it appears that this link is dead. There are no books under the quarantine with sister category. Perhaps they have been deleted. Well, almost certainly they've been deleted. Who knows why? But let's just uh, delete all that last stuff and 
Go to literotica.com. See what they have to say since I'm just reading some of this episode. Literotica.com. Welcome. You must be over 18 years old to enter this site. If you are under 18 or do not wish to view adult content, you must exit now. Adults only. Welcome to Literotica, your free source for the hottest in erotic fiction and fantasy. Literotica features 100% original sex stories from a variety of authors. Literotica accepts quality erotic stories submissions from amateur authors and holds story contests for contributors. We offer a huge selection of adult fantasies to choose from and are always on the lookout for new and exciting ideas. We encourage you to contact us with any comments or suggestions on how we can make this free sex story site more pleasurable for you. Have fun and enjoy yourselves while visiting Literotica Erotic Fiction. All story characters involved in in sexual situations on this adult erotic website are over the age of consent. No minors allowed. Uh, legal stuff. Maybe that's what got uh, the the quarantine with sister shit taken down. Uh, who knows? We'll never be able to read it, I guess. Uh, going to take a look at uh, some of their, their content. All right. To give literotica.com its due, I'm going to read the top rated currently of the erotic poetry, I think. I think this might be promising, but there's only one way to find out. That's to read it. This is written by an American darling and is titled Sign My Thigh. The shores lap at your tip and curve. Such a signature is a promise. Temporary, yes, but marked I am to your private kiss. Belonging to a man, yes, this it is agreed. Should I submit? And I do. And it adds to bliss, the bliss. Cream lines along the latitude of my skin. I belong to you, my geography now, painted by your stain, which I am proud. And so your sign remains below the equator. There it holds the fire. I wear your reign as a badge with a smudge and gun? With smudge and gun? Decorate me sexually. or sexily with groan and sin lovely sentiment finger on the trigger you let out from within carved with your belief and in unison relief no idea what the fuck that meant that was uh all right that poetry's not the way to go you know I, i'm gonna make a call and say literatica.com is probably not the way to go i want the uh the craziness that amazon gave us in the past a little bit of more vetting so i'm going to move on back to amazon and maybe do a sequel to our quarantined erotica now the gold standard of the quarantine erotica which i don't really want to go into but there's one that i need to give its due which is the gold standard kissing the coronavirus that was previously read in whatever episode that is uh covid erotic fan fiction And since we've read that, there are now two sequels, Kissing the Coronavirus 2, the second wave of the Kissing the Coronavirus Chronicles, and Kissing the Coronavirus 3, the mutant strain of Kissing the Coronavirus Chronicles. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, read Kissing the Coronavirus 2, you know, it was pretty good, Uh, dealt with Dr. Alexa Ashington Ford, and uh, I think she was sticking the test tube up her pussy last we left of course all i've read is the 
free sample that was provided by Amazon for Kissing the Coronavirus. This is, of course, the free sample from Kissing the Coronavirus 2, the second wave, terrifyingly prescient. Beginning. Dr. Kelly Cauldron sniffed the hot dog into her vagina, filling herself up with the fat sausage, which she kept warm all morning in her thermos flask. She'd intended on eating the delicious meat tube for her lunch, but after a busy morning administering the coronavirus vaccinations and helping to kill a disease which had taken so many lives, she had allowed the power to get the better of her. COVID, the killer that had changed the world overnight, a disease which slaughtered without mercy. It didn't care who it took, but it did prefer to take people's granddads. A serial killer like Ted Bundy or Rose West with an unquenchable thirst for death. But now, many months later, after a team of brave doctors gave their own lives developing the vaccine, it was done. The cure to the coronavirus had arrived and Dr. Kelly was on the front line injecting the vaccine into people's arms like she was a well-oiled cog in an even weller-oiled machine. A patient came in. They'd wait in line. She'd take the vaccine from the refrigerator, cooled to the perfect temperature, and then she'd coolly inject it into them using a needle. As the chili vaccine penetrated the patient's veins, they'd giggle or shudder. Dr. Kelly liked to think they were shuddering because they were realizing the sheer magnitude of what had just entered their body. A power so strong it could kill a killer. The vaccine. As Dr. Kelly sat on the toilet, her open flask of hot water steamed violently at her feet, and she pushed the hot dog deep inside her pussy. She bit her lip as she caught sight of the pink baton pinking out of her minge flaps, imagining it was a hot cock. In and out the hot dog went, her creamy pussy juices coating the hot dog like mayonnaise. Dr. Kelly had heard the stories of the team who had helped to develop the vaccine led by the infamous Dr. Gertley Chund. His entire team had succumbed to the virus, leaving just him and Dr. Ashington Ford, a returning character, to discover the formula that was strong enough to take down the virus. But it came at a price. The virus consumed him, destroyed him. He was never seen again. And neither was Dr. Ashington Ford. She's, she's dead, I guess. They had sacrificed themselves to save the world from this horrifying disease. The cure for COVID became their lives. Dr. Kelly could relate. Before the vaccinations had begun, she had been one of Great Britain's top orthodontists fixing people's crooked teeth by day, the big book of British smiles, then going out and dogging on weekends. Dr. Kelly loved dogging, driving to a dark and secluded spot, usually some woodland, winding down her window 
and then sucking on whatever cock snaked its way inside. And Dr. Kelly was very popular during her visits, with as many as nine penises popping in through her window on any given night. Is this happening, Great Britain? But then again, it wasn't really a surprise that they that she had the pick of the litter. She had incredible boobs, almost too incredible, with pink nipples and delicious areolas. Her bum was impressive, and she had lovely brown hair and lips, so, and that's the end of the sample. Uh, so, that was part two of Kissing the Coronavirus, the second wave, the Amazon sample, because I'm not going to fucking buy the book. Uh, and uh, that doesn't end things. I'm intrigued. Now, there's a, there a third book, Kissing the Coronavirus 3, The Mutant Strain, based on the quality of Kissing the Coronavirus 2. I don't know if that was an improvement on the original Kissing the Coronavirus, where it was more about fucking the coronavirus. This was like the coronavirus has been vaccinated, and there's a hot dog, and this chick stuffing it up her pussy. Let's find out what Kissing the Coronavirus 3, the mutant strain of the Kissing the Coronavirus Chronicles, has to uh, to give us. This one looks lesbian. The, the, the photo is a hot chick uh, hugging a red chick whose like, body skin has been painted red, and she's got a little virus protuberances from her. Kissing the Coronavirus 3, the mutant strain. The girl must be the mutant strain. Maybe this fact that like the it's a female now is the mutation. Okay, now this one, the previous one killed off Dr. Alexa Ashington Ford and introduced a new character. Let's see if this one introduces a new character. It, it seems to. Dr. Dr. Amy Amyson couldn't stop thinking about the incredible sex she'd partaken in not 12 hours before. It was like the entire four and a half minute act was permanently lodging in her termin in her temporal lobe, it's a page break, which is the part of the brain that stores your memories. Amazing sexual encounters included. Dr. Abison knew that because she was a microbiologist, more relevant than an orthodontist, and so had all sorts of intricate medical knowledge. Something else she couldn't stop thinking about was the positive COVID-19 test that she had just received just 10 minutes after that erotically charged moment. She hoped and prayed that she hadn't unwittingly spread the virus to others. She was usually so careful. Blast her inability to control her vagina. Dr. Amyson's most recent climactic encounter, which, as mentioned a few sentences back, was half a day ago, <laughs> had been something to behold. Something to behold indeed. I like that it reminded me of something that just happened. Just the thought of it sent her vagina spinning like a thing that spins a lot. <laughs> she pummeled at her own breast and chomped on her lips and her bum quivered at the mere thought of what had happened. She was sitting in her chair in the middle of the laboratory, <laughs> laboratory is how it's spelled, canteen. But it was four in the morning, so there was nobody around to see. Besides, even if there was, it would have simply added to the cheekiness that made her pussy so wet. It was like a sunburnt sea lion fresh out of the ocean. Even her positive 
COVID-19 test couldn't dampen her sexual spirits. Pity, she was alone. The sheer memory was enough to send an orgasm rippling through her body like her vagina had been filled with bees. Okay, now there's uh, an asterisk, asterisk uh, parenthetical phrase here that's also in bold that says start of flashback. So now we're in a flashback to, I guess, the, the event that's making your vagina spin like a thing that spins a lot. Start a flashback, everyone. Dr. Amyson sat on the 252 flight from Finland to North Virginia on her way back from the annual microbiology convention, which was so critical to her microbiolo microbiological work. She had spent three whole days discussing the last microbiological breakthroughs centered around the coronavirus pandemic. There were several with colleagues from all around the world, including Professor Theon Wallbreaker, Denmark's leading microbiomedical researcher, whom she sucked off in a storage cupboard. But this flashback isn't about him. And Sir Rogerson Tilbert, who she tried to suck off, but he is very old, so he couldn't become engorged. But this flashback isn't about him either. It was a who's who of celebrities from the microbiological world, which would often just end in science-fueled sex sessions because it was the one and only time in the microbiology calendar where people who understood the human anatomy inside, literally, and out, literally, got together. When the learning was done, it was time to put that knowledge into practice via sex. But surprisingly, despite the world's top microbiologists being on hand to teach Dr. Amyson things about her body, even she was yet to discover. It was not during the convention where she experienced her knee-knockingly, world-shatteringly, perception-alteringly orgasm. And that's the end of the uh, that's the end of the sample. This, these samples. Oh man, I, I probably should just bought these books and just read this whole thing. Uh, all right, I gotta find more from this author. This is of course M.J. Edwards. I should have said at the beginning. M.J. Edwards has written all the kissing the coronavirus book. Uh, just looking at her her work, uh, a lot of kissing the coronavirus. Well, three of them, uh, but there's a book that oh my, it's called Penetrated by the President's Twitter feed, and it's got a picture of a a, a woman caressing. Uh, I think it says Donald J. Trump's uh, Twitter feed. Um, yeah, I have to read that too. I think I think I, I need to uh, I need to know. I need to know what pre penetrated by the president's Twitter feed contains. All right, moving forward, this is because this is written by MJ Edwards. Uh, I am going to read this. Uh, the esteemed MJ Edwards might be a little too good at writing for our purposes. These aren't poorly written or I mean, they're they're intentionally parody. So it's not I, I want some bad writing. I'll find that next, but I can't not read this. This is penetrated by the president's Twitter feed, Kindle edition. The tagline is, 
What's the only thing sexier than sex? Power. All right, let's find out more about Penetrated by the President's Twitter feed. Beth Boyker laid on the bed, her face buried in the pillow as her next door neighbor's husband plowed her like she was a field of wheat and he was a combine harvester. He pulled her hair and smashed her ass with an open palm, making animalistic sounds, but not sexy animal sounds like swine grunts, but unappealing sounds like the call of a parrot. His cock rhythmically stroked the inside of her damp vagina like a violinist playing a somber tune. She could feel it pumping and swelling inside her as he called away with a clump of her hair in his bald fist. But none of it did anything for poor Beth. She was a young, sexy, buxom blonde who deserved good sex, but good sex took time to find. And that was the only thing Beth didn't have in ample supply, unlike her large breast and jiggly ass. But she did have a small waist. Nice description. This was the third time this week she let Trevi come over whilst his wife was away on important business work to let her down with disappointing sex. Sure, Trevi seemed to enjoy himself, but once he was done, he'd be straight out of the door, leaving Beth with nothing more than a handshake and a looming sense of sadness. You see, Trevi had a boring job like an insurance salesman or a banker or something. Not like Beth, who was one of the world's top artificial intelligence virtually reality development coders. In fact, Beth wasn't even sure what Trevi did for a living. This is Trevi with two V's, by the way. Only that it involved paperwork and doing everything proper and by the book which is probably why he did sex in exactly the same way. It was always the same. He'd knock on the door with a sheepish smile on his face like a dog begging for table scraps. He'd tell her that his wife, Beth's best friend, was away on business and wouldn't be home for a bit. Beth would let him in and they'd start by making out on the couch. Then he'd do some motorboat. <laughs> then he'd do some motorboating of her breasts. Then he'd take out his penis and place it in her hand like triathletes passing the baton mid-race. She stroked it for a while, but always thought it felt a little strange, like a raw, uncoiled Cumberland sausage wrapped in damp string. It was softer than she'd like, and never felt as strong or powerful as she needed. She f she liked a cock to feel immense and dangerous, like a lit firecracker, which could explode in her face at any moment. But unfortunately, Trevi's cock just didn't have that thrill factor. Nevertheless, it was all she could get at the moment in time, at that moment in time. So it would have to do. Then she'd take his cock in her mouth. He'd push down on the back of her head, but his cock was so average and sad that it didn't make her gag, which was something else she enjoyed. That part's half faded off because that is the end of the 
Amazon sample, and I am thoroughly disappointed. No mention of tweets, no mention of presidents. This was obviously in the preamble when she's fucking someone named Trevi with two V's, uh, but it, it didn't. The sample did not deliver what I wanted from the cover. So I'm going to call this one a disappointment from MJ Edwards, and I'm going to move on because, as I mentioned, MJ Edwards is just too good at this. Okay, so to find something that, in addition to being bad is also fucking weird uh and and interesting in its weirdness i'm moving on to a different genre uh technically the last one had nothing to do with quarantines but i'm moving over moving past quarantine erotica like i said kind of tired of it anyways quarantines that is not the erotica part the erotica part is, is pretty fun uh but moving into another genre probably the most popular genre of amazon's free sample fan fiction, which is shifter erotica. Now, if you don't know what that is, if you remember the Animorphs books from the 90s and 80s, uh, it's kind of like that, except they fuck the Animorphs. People shift into animals and they have erotic sexy sex. And uh, there's a whole, 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 whole lot of them. I don't know if it's like a a way of getting around like bestiality rules because it's like, oh, you're not really fucking a a bear or a dolphin. You're fucking a a human who can shift into a dolphin. But there are a lot of them. And I've kind of looked through them real fast. And of them, I'm going by which one has the worst or most amateurish art. And of those... I also want a series so I can read a couple of them. And of those, I found a series called My River Dolphin Boyfriend. Now, there's, let's see how many there are. At least three. Three's good. I think they're short, though. I mean, the samples are short. The books are probably short, too. Uh, The series is by Jordan Jinx. Could be male or female or in between. Uh, And the series is called My River Dolphin Boyfriend. The first one. My River Dolphin Boyfriend won Splash and Smash from the River Dolphin Boyfriend series by Jordan Jinks. All right, let's 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 give let's give one a shot. If it's good, we'll move on to, to, to one, two, and three. Or two and three, and if there's four, we'll find we'll find out. Jordan Jinx 2020 All Rights Reserved. So this is written during the uh, lockdowns. Tad hurried through the lush foliage the sounds of the camp growing fainter as he adjusted his kit bag over his shoulder. He'd been told not to go out on the river at night, that the the time between dusk and dawn wasn't safe. The strange creatures lurked in the brackish waters of the Orinoco, God damn it, of the Orinoco, that strange creatures lurked in the brackish waters of the Orinoco River and didn't take kindly to strangers. He laughed, rolling his eyes at the superstitions of the locals, but now that he was on the river's edge, the dark water jostling the small wooden boats, he couldn't suppress the shiver that went through him. There was a hush to the night that he'd never noticed before, like the world was wrapped in cotton allowing only the echo of sound through the usual cacophony of insects and mammals. Oh, that's it. That's all. Okay, that's that's a really short sample. He didn't even meet the dolphin, little and fuck one. Uh, pretty disappointed by that, then. Uh, but there are two more. 
Are they all this short? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, there's nothing to... There's so little to read here. I'm going to have to find something else. But fuck it, let's just complete the series if they're all this short. Uh, this is Jordan Jinx's My River Dolphin Boyfriend 2 Making Waves. It's like a paragraph. Uh, My River Dolphin Boyfriend 2 Making Waves by Jordan Jinx. Tad, we're still Tad, okay, good. Tad sighed at his plate, barely tasting the food as he counted the hours before he could return to the base camp set along the Orinoco River in Venezuela. They had sent him to the village on mandatory downtime after eight solid months of work in the jungle. Like being out there was a hardship or something. But even with the crushing humidity, the heat, the insects, and the various creatures that could kill him in an instant, Tad had a very good reason to stay in the Amazon. Dolph. Okay, that's it. That's the end of this one. 70% of sample, 100% of sample is just an empty page saying enjoy the sample, buy the book to continue reading. I could buy it for 99 cents. I mean, I, really, I, I probably should, honestly, but paying for these things negates the, the purpose of it. Um, and there's so many shifter things. I mean, I don't have to read just the bad ones. I can, I can move on, but let's... I mean, all right, it's a trilogy. There's only three. Unless I click on, on My River Dolphin Boyfriend 3 and there's a fourth one underneath it. No, this is only three. Let's just finish out the trilogy since they're only a paragraph each. Uh, My River Dolphin Boyfriend 3. Love with a porpoise. Get it? Of the River Dolphin Boyfriend series. All right. Love with a porpoise. This, one, this time he's going to fuck a porpoise. What will its name be? Oh, this one's a slightly longer, and it looks like it gets right into the sex. My River Dolphin Boyfriend 3, Love with the Porpoise. Uh, going back to Tad. All right, beginning. Tad sighed and looked around his tent as though his pillow would magically appear if he thought about it hard enough. Hmm. Honestly, stranger things had happened to him. Small items had been disappearing here and there, but this was getting ridiculous. Sometimes kids from the nearby village would sneak into the base camp and take souvenirs from empty tents, but why anyone would want his small, flat pillow is beyond him. It was the porpoise. It was the porpoise. Not to mention my, not to mention a ten-year-old copy of Reader's Digest and a hunk of wood from a baragona tree he'd whittled into the vague shape of a turtle when he'd first arrived. I'm wondering if people fuck turtles and some of these books. Mostly they were small, insignificant things he could live without. But losing his pillow irked him. A lot of things irked him lately. They were entering the rainy season and the swollen banks of the Amazon spilled onto the beaches, creeping into the surrounding jungle. Everything was dripping and uncomfortably warm, leaving Tad cranky and feeling like he didn't fit right in his skin anymore. That, coupled with his treacherous stomach, revolting at anything that didn't come from the river itself, he's becoming local, should have had his rational mind more than ready to, pick, to pack his bags and flee inland to wait out the season. The only thing keeping him in the jungle, eyes constantly scanning the river, was Dolph, his six foot seven, 200 pound, body of a god, cock like a dream, shape-shifting dolphin lover. Finally, we got to it. Because Dolph wasn't just a mystical good time anymore. 
Dolph was his future. They were in mad, cryptic lust with each other, and every minute Tad didn't spend clinching around Dolph's cock or guzzling his primal seed was a minute he felt hollow and listless. And that's the end of uh, the third book in the, the fucking River Dol- my, the River Dolphin Boyfriend series. My River Dolphin Boyfriend 3, Love of the Porpoise. And it kind of got... Well, they never actually fucked. He was just thinking about uh, fucking uh, Dolph. And l- Lord knows what happens with this porpoise. If, if Maybe it's a love triangle. Uh, or maybe it's just a pun. And it's still about Dolph, the dolphin, not a porpoise. Uh, I don't fucking know. I don't really understand this world or the series, but all right, that was bad shifter erotica. It wasn't that bad. I mean, just the, the samples just didn't get to, just didn't get anywhere. But let's read uh, the top rated. Now I think we're going gay. Oh no, we're already gay because Dolph is obviously male. Uh, some of these are women fucking things, uh, but I guess just I guess just because of the power of the pun, bears are are, are the number one creature to fuck in, in the the gay shifter erotica world. And the most popular one is by Liv Brywood. This most popular series of the bad boy shifters series. Now there's a bunch of these, so this could potentially just be the rest of the episode. Uh, I I want some content with some fucking legs here so I can, I I don't have to keep finding these, but uh, bad bear. Oh wait, the first one's called bad bear. Santa. Bad Boy Bear Shifters book number one. That's Christmas themed. It's fucking, it's, it's the end of July here. Um, Christmas isn't quite right. Uh, number two is called Bad Bear Daddy. Bad Boy Bear Shifter book two. Again, by Liv Brywood. Yeah, I'm going to start with that one. Um, sorry, I'm that confuses some of you uh, to start with book two, because book three, book four both seem promising. Maybe they're so fucking good. I'll go back to book one. Look, Star Wars can do it. They can start with episode four. I'm starting with episode two of the Bad Bear Daddy Bear Bear Bad Bear Shifters book number two. I'd ask Ballard what to do. I'm doing this all on my own here. I'm scared. I'm alone. I want uh, I want I want a big bear daddy to come and rescue me and hold me so tight. Um, according to uh, the cover, Liv Brywood is one of USA Today best-selling authors. Uh, good for USA Today. Good cover art. And these, there seems to be a, 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 a okay, this isn't the uh, River Erotica shit uh, where there's only like one page. Oh my God, the first several pages, it's like, it's bare, you, you get the, you get the first page, it just says the, the title, you get a full contents, description, absor- excerpts, uh, there's a, all these chapters, 15 chapters, none of them are labeled, otherwise I'd want to read them, uh, a copyright notice. Don't reproduce this. Let's see. Description. I guess this is a summary. Maybe at the top. Let's read the description. Description. Bad boy bear shifter Cade Hunter knows how to nurse a bear. But a baby? No way. He couldn't possibly have a six-month-old kid, except he does. His days of brawling and boozing it up at the local roadhouse are over. He doesn't know the first thing about taking care of a kid. I hope this one isn't about, like, parentage. Get right to the bear fucking. Uh, terrified of making a mistake, he asks for help from the one woman who has every right to ignore him. Ten years ago, Deputy Emily Redson walked away from the hot mess that is Cade Hunter. Now a respected member of law enforcement, she can't be seen with a bar-brawling shifter. 
She wants to ignore him, but the fear in his eyes makes her pause. This is the description. Hopefully the, the rest of the excerpt isn't about this. He's tempting in all the wrong ways. And if she can't keep her hands to herself, her career could go down, could go down faster than his next beer. She always was a sucker for something for someone in need, but is trying to save a bad boy worth the risk. This is the second book in the paranormal romance series, Bad Boy Bear Shifters. This is a standalone book with no cliffhangers, okay? Love scenes are fully realized and at times include explicit language. All right, I'm clicking off this for a second because first off, uh, there's a chick fucking this, 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 this bear. This isn't what I wanted. Uh, the, the, the cover is a, a, a man, a sexy, a sexy, muscular, probably gay man and a bear. And I thought the, the bear was another man who had transformed into a bear. But this implies that maybe the, the bear and the guy are the same thing. I, I don't I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, I don't like when they do that anytime. I don't like when like there's a you know Spider-Man poster. and You got a poster of like Tobey Maguire, but then you also got a, a face that's Spider-Man. It's like the same character. Uh, if they're doing that, I'm, I'm not happy with it. Uh, let's, all right, I'm going to read this one. There are some that seem gayer, so I'll probably skip to that. All right, pass the description. Chapter one of Bad Bear Daddy. Cade swung a solid right hook towards Bruno's nose. It cracked on impact. Blood gushed out to spill across the dirty floor in the center of Five, bear, five Claws Bar. Two of the thug's friends stepped up to turn at the end of Cade's fist as the entire bar erupted into chaos. Beer bottles shattered against the wall. I wanted to read about cocks. Uh, trays of chicken wings were hurled across the room. Tables and bar stools toppled over to add to the pandemonium. Distracted for a split second, Cade missed an incoming punch and took a hard hit to the chin. It pissed him off. Fur sprouted on his hands and arms. No shifting in the bar, Martin hollered. The grizzled old shifter picked up a phone and dialed probably the cops. Not good. Cade glanced toward three possible exits. If he didn't get the hell out of there before the sheriff's department showed up, he'd be up shit creek again. The sheriff had warned him last year, one more arrest and you won't see sunlight for a year. It wasn't Cade's fault. Other shift. What is this, like true blood shit? Like, you're supposed to get to the cocks. I'm rolling down. I'm seeing if this even gets the cocks. DNA. Guy gets arrested for shifting at a bar and fighting. There's a maternity test. Cade's head thumped as millions of hungover neurons. He gets hungover. Yeah, no, this is, I'm, I'm done. I may be done with the Big Bad Bear, Bear series, honestly, in general. Uh, Okay, there's an image that I want to read this one, but now I'm dismayed because if if if, the, if uh, you're you have the access to the internet, search for Bad Bear Bull Rider, Bad Boys Bear Shifters Book Four, and that is a provocative, muscular, very tattooed image. It reminds me of the film Beards, Bulges, and Ballsacks, which of course we watched in the Cool Boys podcast when there was three people in the podcast, not one. But don't worry, there won't be one from now on out. Uh, there'll, there'll, there'll be two. There'll be two uh, coming up soon. Uh, back to that next week, hopefully. Uh, but Bad Boy Bear Shifters, Bad Bear Bull Rider. I'd want to read this one, but I'm really disappointed for the way the last one went. 
Let's get into it. Okay, I'm not going to read the description because that's describing the entire book. Who cares? I just want to get into it. Is there a tagline? No tagline. All right. There's a description. Well, it's a short description. I'll read the description just because it's very short. Professional. All right, professional. This is a description of Bad Bear Bull Rider. Bad Boy Bears Shifter Book 4. Professional bull rider Eva Drake lives a rough and tumble lifestyle. Okay, it's still women. She's surrounded by horny cowboys who would love to spend the sultry summer night rolling around in the hay with her. But her heart's already been stolen by one man. Xavier Holt. He's panty-meltingly hot and totally wrong for her. He's reckless, wild, and definitely off-limits until one night changes everything between them. Alright, that night better be fucking, and it better start right into the fucking. Let's see. Chapter 1. I also don't like that it's women. Had more fun from that one sentence of the dolphin boyfriend. Alright. Chapter 1. Eva rested the dusty toe of her tan cowboy boot on the bottom rung of the pipe fence coral. She narrowed her gaze as she studied the huge bull who paced inside. This wasn't her first rodeo, or even her tenth, but this ride would keep her in the running for best all-around cowboy at the Buffalo Bill Rodeo. First place came with a $50,000 prize, enough money to set her up for the next year. But it wasn't going to be easy. Big Red, a 2,000-pound bull, snorted and pawed the ground with a giant hoof. Maybe she's gonna fuck this bull. She tossed his head. He, he tossed. He tossed his head as he raised his black eyes to meet her. A shiver shimmied down her spine. Hate burned in his gaze, and she had no doubt he'd do everything in his power to buck her off in less than eight seconds. That's how long you have to write a bull for. I know that from the uh, Luke Perry movie. Eight seconds. Didn't sound like much, but on the back of an enraged animal, each second passed like hours. The crunch of boots against dirt caught her attention. She turned to find Mitch Flaker strolling toward her. She groaned under her breath. You checking out the bull that's finally going to do you in, he asked. He's not so big. Ha! He spit out a piece of chewing tobacco before wiping the trailers, the trailing spit off his lips with the back of his gloved hand. Big Reds, the meanest son of a bitch around, almost killed Frank Polson's kid last week up in Billings. Stepped on his head. That boy wasn't right to begin with, and now I heard about it. He'll never write again, but he'll be able to do something else after rehab. At least his parents have good insurance. Insurance. <laughs> Damn shame. Mitch shook his Stetson-covered head. A straggle of gray hair slipped out to cover his brow. Anyway, I've been around a long time, and seeing you up on them bulls don't sit right with me. You should be a rodeo queen, riding around on a white horse in a pretty dress girl like you shouldn't be trying to take on a man's job. What is this, Captain Marvel? Heat flooded her cheeks as her hands formed fists. She thrust her shoulders back and straightened her spin. He wasn't the first man to question her ability, Captain Marvel, and he wouldn't be the last. But she was getting sick and tired of setting them straight. I can ride just as well as any man, she snapped. I'm on the top 10 for PBR this year. I'm going to win today. 
The only thing you should be worrying about is getting Big Red the hell out of my way after I finish my ride. Spit fire in hell, he spit on the ground. I like it. Don't mean I like having a girl in the ring, but I'll do my best to keep this old boy from stomping your head in. He slapped the bull in the ass. I've got to stretch and get warmed up. As she turned away, Mitch mock whispered to the bull. Now don't let her scare you. She's a pint-sized firecracker, but harmless. You just kick her right off, and you'll be back here munching on hay before you know it. He's talking. He's talking to the bull. I don't. We're halfway through the sample, and I don't. I don't know if we're, we're fucking the bull in, in the course of these samples. All right, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out how weird this gets. She rolled her eyes and stalked across the field towards the arena. The setting sun dipped behind the mountains to cast long shadows across the stands. Thousands of spectators filled the metal bleachers. The announcer's voice blared out out of strategically placed speakers. Next up, calf roping. Will Hunter Caspian stay on top of the leaderboard or will up incomer roper Burt Owens take his place? We want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for she blocked out his voice as she headed towards a relatively empty space behind the horse stalls. The warm-up didn't take long, but it would definitely help her on the bull. She stretched her calves, her quads, and her glutes before dropping down to the ground to stretch her hips. The key to staying on the bull involved balance. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. She worked on her core more than anything else. Stamina was important, but not as important as being able to hold on until the horn blared at the eight-second mark. As she stretched into the splits, she bent forward to grab her front ankle. A pair of worn black cowboy boots came into view. You keep stretching like that, and every man in the stands will want to watch you instead of a bunch of dirty, sweaty cowboys in a gravelly voice drawled. Xavier Holt. God, even his voice was pure sex. Hey. Her eyes slowly traveled up his body. Black jeans hugged him in all the right places. As much as she didn't want to notice it, her gaze lingered for a second on the bulge in his denim. The man had to be hung like a horse. Not that she cared. Oh, I bet Xavier is the bull. I'm going to call it right now. I'm probably not going to find out, but I'm guessing Xavier is the bull because she's out of view of the bull. And now this guy pops up. All right. Not that she cared. He was her best friend. Nothing more. A red and black plaid shirt strained to contain his muscles. At least he had a shirt on. On hot summer nights like tonight, he typically walked around shirtless. Since he hadn't ridden yet, she'd be spared the pure torture of seeing his ripped chest and washboard abs. Thank God, because she didn't need any distractions tonight. As her gaze rested on his full lips, his mouth twitched into a smirk. He sported a perpetual five o'clock shadow, giving him the kind of dangerous look that made men quake and women squirm. A rebel without a heart. A love him and leave him kind of guy. Not the kind of man who'd ever consider a long-term relationship. Therefore, totally off limits. You ready to ride? She asked. I don't know. 
I like watching you stretch more than I like climbing onto a 2,000 pound hunk of steak just itching to stick me with his horns. Maybe I'll hang out here for the rest of the night. She laughed. She didn't mind the way he liked to tease her. They both knew they'd never be anything more than just friends. So she went along with the flirtation, knowing it would never lead to anything meaningful. How about we do this? She leaned forward and grabbed her ankle again, never breaking eye contact. You stay here dreaming about me while I go and win this thing. Not a chance if you think I'm going to hand you $50,000 for the pleasure of seeing just how flexible you are. You've got another thing coming. She laughed and held her hand up. After he pulled her to her feet, he grabbed her shoulders and held her at arm's length. You be careful out there, he said in a serious tone. I don't want that bull to hurt a single strand of hair on your head. Please don't start with a lecture. She backed up a step. I already had to go through it with Mitch. What did Mitch say to you? He thrust his chest out and took a step forward. Should I go have a talk with him? No, he's harmless. I just wish. What? I wish you guys would stop looking at me like I'm a weak female. I'm not. I'm a damn bear shifter. I can hold my own. That was a big plot. Plot development. I know you can, Xavier said. The rest of the guys on the circuit care about you. Like you're their little sister. Some of their looks aren't sisterly, she grumbled. Has anyone been bothering you? Just say the word and I'll bash some heads in. She laughed and shoved his shoulder back. Eva, a wrangler called. You're next up to ride. I better get going. Hang on. Xavier quickly closed the distance between them and cupped her face in his hands. Before she could react, he lowered her lips to hers and planted a soft kiss that rocketed her, that rocked her to the core. Breathless and dizzy from the shocking contact, she could only stare as he grinned and walked away. Wow, this is a long fucking sample. All right. What the hell? Was this the way of throwing her off balance right before the race? He'd never kissed her before. Not on the lips, at least. On the cheeks, sure but in the way relatives kiss each other on the cheeks. What was he up to? As she walked towards the bucking chute, I guess that means bull, she wasn't sure what was making her heart pound harder, Xavier's unexpected kiss or the threat of being stomped by Big Red. She shook her head to clear it. She could think about the kiss after the ride. Right now, she needed to focus 100% on the bull. You ready to go? Mitch, said, Mitch asked as he climbed over the metal bars. Sorry I'm not being consistent with these characters' voices. I'm just fucking making it up as I go along. I'm good. She was anything but good. <laughs> Trying to push the kiss out of her mind, at least until Big Red reared and, and kicked a hoof against the metal wall, the resounding clang sent a bolt of fear straight to her gut. She always got like this before a ride. Fear was good. It would keep her from falling off before it was time. As she climbed onto the bull, she said a silent prayer to the rodeo gods. 
Please let me keep all my limbs. She settled on the bull. After positioning the leather handle in the center of the bull's back, she slid her palm under the handle, pulled the rope tight, and wrapped the loose end around her hand. She scooted closer towards the bull's shoulders, settling the handle between her thighs as she pointed her boots parallel to the bull, and she checked to make sure her feet were in front of the rope. A lot of, a lot of, all right, there's a lot of bull riding. It's been a kiss. Nobody's talking about cocks. Nobody shifted into a bear. Uh, I'm gonna keep going and finish this one, and then I'll have to find something that, that's that's just overt, just cocks and gripping and fucking and coming and stuff because this is this is all this is all this could be Twilight. All right, with a deep breath, she nodded at the gate man. The chute opened. Oh yeah, okay. the chute's not a bull. It's the thing. The chute opened and Big Red bolted into the ring, bucking and spitting in a desperate attempt to throw her. Her left hand flapped in the air above her head, completely focused on the bull's shoulders. She anticipated each buck and spin, adjusting her hips and digging her spurs in. Blood pounded through her ears to drown out the roar of the crowd. She counted down the seconds as she clung to the wild beast. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, buzz. I'm not gonna wait eight seconds to read those out. Instinctively, she released her grip. As Big Red bucked to the right, she slid left and landed on her feet. She ran away from the furious bull and jumped onto a gate, narrowly missing a kick in the butt. Safely over the gate, she grinned as several other riders patted her on the back and congratulated her. Eva Drake sure can ride, the announcer said. Her score is 89.5. The crowd roared. It was good enough to put her in the first place, but with five more men to ride, she wasn't ready to celebrate yet. Some of the best bull riders in the world competed in this event. Up next, Xavier Holt will be riding Storm Chaser. Damn, damn, she was damn. I don't know how to do a damn film voice. Damn, she whispered. Storm Chaser was one of the best bulls on the circuit. She'd had to ride him once. He bucked her off after four seconds and left her with two broken ribs and a bruised ego. A part of her wanted another crack at the beast, but she counted herself lucky she hadn't drawn him today. Okay, now Xavier's gonna ride. As, as Xavier climbed under the bull, her heart kicked. A sexy, confident smile spread across his face. Cameras flashed to capture his cover-worthy pose. He sat atop a bull as if he'd been born to ride, and he hadn't even left the chute yet. When he nodded to the gate man, her breath caught in her throat. One wrong move could mean the difference between life and death. Last year, she had a front row seat to the most horrific scene imaginable. Another cowboy from their clan. They have clans? Shifters or bull riders? Uh, another cowboy from her clan had been tossed from a bull, stomped and gutted in front of an audience of millions. The whole disaster had been broadcast on live TV. She still had nightmares about the event. As the bull blasted out of the chute, the crowd uh, screamed with excitement. Ava's bear woke up in her chest and curled its claws around her belly. Okay, this is... 
Okay, I get what's going on. Her bear, she's a shifter. Normally, her bear wasn't afraid of anything, but when Xavier got in the ring, it set her animal on edge. She didn't know why. Her bear never woke for other bull riders, only Xavier. The bull bucked and kicked his hind legs high into the air. Xavier held on tight, moving with the beast instead of against it. He really didn't he really did have crazy good hips. That was the key to staying on a bucking animal. If you couldn't move your hips into the right position, the rest of your body wouldn't end up where it needed to be to fight gravity. And that's the fucking end. That's that's the end of the sample. Alright, I gotta take a take a pause here. This is probably almost an episode's worth of shit, but I, I, I gotta find something where 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 people fuck cock vagina i need those back uh we, we need we need more we need more sex in the, in the, in, the, in the sex book so i'm i'm going to find something all right after some quick research I'm finding out that in in the Amazon samples rarely gets these books rarely get to the cocks and the the fuck and the suck and 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 all those fun words that I wanted to read. Uh, I'm seeing there is a obviously a lot of gay shifter erotica. Bears and wolves seem to be the biggest one. Wolves in particular. I mean, True Blood did that during their time. They didn't go overtly gay, but the subtext was there. Uh, I got a bunch of uh, possible contenders lined up here. A lot of them are really long. Uh, one of them just goes into the the history of wolf shifters in America for like three pages and, and never like it's all world building. I mean, some of these titles are great, but the actual samples you get, you just get uh, world building or, or set up or stuff like that. Nobody fucks in the samples. Just some of these titles. I'll give you some of these titles just so you can get an idea of how, like when the look inside is just disappointing comparison to compared to the title, the tagline, the the artwork which is all muscular muscular men um okay so we, we have one here by ella scott knight in the husband uh shapeshifter romance book collection not not i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna, not gonna do that one uh a surprise by, by olivia parent weird name a surprise package Bisexual and gay MMF threesome werebear shifter romance. Uh, this is this is bisexual. Uh, the description is: It had been years since she had felt this giddy, exuberant sensation. Sharon felt like a giggly teenager doing something naughty. Her heart was in her mouth, and she quietly followed the young girl out of the hotel. Oh, this is women. There's two men on the cover, and a bear and a woman. Uh, not doing a surprise package bisexual and gay MMF threesome werebear shifter romance. Uh, we got trained by KF Jones. We have trained by the alpha consort of the werewolf king book three. Uh, if Will wants to be a werewolf, Brian needs to train him vigorously. This might be a, con cont a contender here. Moving up, moving, moving this tab up to the top. Uh, we got expect by Alexander Elliott expectant moon. An MM gay paranormal romance. Gladstone Shifters, book one. 
uh, tolerated, ignored, threatened. Modern gay shifters struggle for equality, but history paints a different picture. Let's see. Alpha. Oh, no, this is the world building one. This is the one I saw with all the fucking explaining what true elders are. And I mean, this is how this, the sex book starts. Prior to colonization, the North American continent was a haven for natural werewolves, Mexican wolves in the South, gray wolves and what would become the United States and white Arctic wolves in Canada. Yeah. Suck each other's dicks like fucking move into it. Expectant moon. You're gone. All right. Uh, we have by author J.W. Wolf. Good name. Uh, weird. J.W. Wolf wrote a paranormal romance. The Jaguars, baby. Gay bisexual foursomes. M.M.M.M. Wolves shifter menage romance. Paranormal LGBT werewolf shapeshifter fantasy demon devil romance. That's the title of the book. Which is a picture of a yet another muscular man with a jaguar. So the writer J.W. Wolf wrote a book about fucking jaguars. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It starts with uh, chapter one. Welcome to Delacorte. Population 731 reads the sign as the bus. No, no fucking. No fucking. World building. Set up. Character's name is Robbie. No, no, no. Gone. All right. We're down to like the fucking last two. Uh, I've got uh, Neil Dawson's. Bound by the pack, bound by the pack, gay paranormal alpha male shifter menage MM romance. The tagline is we enjoy carnal pleasures, pleasures of the flesh. As wolves, we have enormous appetites, appetites that often cannot be satisfied in the confines of normal human relationships. And that, Mr. Lloyd, is where you come in. All right. That's an intriguing. I mean, that's not a tagline. That's a, that's a short little excerpt. Uh you know what? I think I will read this one. I don't see cock. I don't see fuck. But I want to know what happens. We got, and, and maybe I'll do train by the concert. Well, I, mean, I need like, what, 15, 20 minutes <laughs> to fill out the length of one episode. Uh, oh, fuck. You know what? We're going right into train by the alpha. I saw cock like six times in the fucking first uh, page of the sample. Yeah, doing that one. I want to I want to I, I, I want to say cock. All right. This is train by the alpha. Consort of the Werewolf King, book three. We're, we're jumping right into book three by K.F. Jones. Once again, that tagline is, if Will wants to become a werewolf, Brian needs to train him vigorously. All right, let's find out how this training goes. And of course, you have an older, buff, bald man with a beard and a young, buff twink. I guess he's a twink. All right, chapter one. This, is, this, this, this looks pretty fucking long. Let's see. Oh, man. All right, yeah. I'm seeing cock every page. So, yeah, this is long. There's a lot of pages. We're going to do this. We're doing Train by the Alpha. Consort of the Werewolf King, book three. Chapter one. Dawn. I awoke that morning, full of vim and vigor, eager to be about the day. At least that's what I wrote in my journal, so it must be true. If you'd asked Brian, he might tell you some outrageous lie, such as, Will didn't wake up until I smacked his arse hard. He's an unreliable narrator, though, so you shouldn't believe everything he says. I don't know who the narrator is, Brian or Will. I guess Will is. Once I had fully roused from my stupor, I joined Brian 
in the spacious shower. All right, we already got two men in the shower. He squirted some shower gel into his palm and soaked me down with quick, efficient strokes, carefully avoiding all the parts I wanted him to touch, though my reaction was much the same anyway. Okay, this is, this is, this is good. The strong scent of mint filled my nostrils and felt chill against my skin. It was an excellent way to start the morning, but it was Brian's touch that had me standing to attention. Finish washing while I do your hair, he said, in the same tone he used when delivering his lessons to me in the classroom downstairs. Don't even think about playing with yourself, he added, reading my mind like the open book it obviously was. I accurately predicted that this morning's rude awakening wouldn't be my only punishment of the day, though, so I complied, not wanting to create a need for it in his mind. He began to lather up my hair with something that smelled of coconut. When he'd finished, he'd offer me the shower gel so I could take my turn washing him. I crouched down at his feet licking my lips and swallowing hard as I got a view of his already turgid cock. There we go. I'm getting, I'm getting to say cock. I'm getting to describe it as turgid. I longed to take him down in my mouth, but again, he had not given me leave to do so. I already decided I didn't want to provoke my first punishment of the day this early. I carefully covered his smooth skin in the freshly scented lather, working up from his ankles, rubbing the soap gently into his calves and then up his thighs. Following his example, I avoided his crotch and arse, moving instead to his taut abdomen. Brian's six-pack was a thing of wonder to me, firm and contoured, yet somehow soft and yielding to the touch. I caught myself biting my lip as I ran my hands over his muscles, applying the soap over his abdomen and on up to his equally impressive chest. He just manhandled me, flipping me around with the strong arms when he wanted to wash my back. But I didn't think even my newfound strength from the bite, that's capitalized, the bite would allow me to lift Brian. This is intriguing. Now, now we got supernaturalism coming in. They're already in the shower together. Instead, I moved around behind him and applied more of the shower gel to his back before I finally reached his thickly muscled arms. He dropped to one knee for me to do his hair with the same coconut sh scented shampoo he'd used on me. Unlike my light brown short back and like, unlike my light brown short back and sides, Brian had a full head of black hair on the cover of Brian's bald, long enough to be properly combed, and he wore it in the tradition, rather traditional side parting. It was an understated look that I guessed was achieved through the regular attention of a highly skilled and highly paid barber. <laughs> if you use the term illustrious, it would not be amiss. His beard was full and black, but not long. Brian was no hipster youth. He was a fully grown man and set great store by keeping himself well-groomed. 
He kept the dense growth on his face and no more than a couple of inches at no more at no more than a couple of inches. And it was carefully shaped and tended for in stark contrast to his hair and face. His body was entirely hairless, just like Ballard's from his feet to his chest. It looked as if he'd had the world's most extravagant, extravagant depilatory routine. What was the one above a back sack and crack wax? Perhaps a laser treatment of some kind. Hours of sitting in a chair whilst each hair was individually dealt with could have achieved this look, but his explanation was both simpler and more complex. There was some hair on his forearms, but that was the extent of it. His generally hairless, we're talking a lot about hairlessness, his hair is generally hairless bottle. <laughs> this hairless fucking rant is throwing me off. His generally hairless body was apparently the result of his own change. World building. It suited him and made his skin all the more touchably smooth. So it seemed like a plus to me. When I'd finish washing his hair and rinsing it off, he rose up again and gestured his permission for me to wash the parts I most desperately wanted to touch. Not that the rest of him wasn't delightful, but I was aching with the need to please him. My sense of relief when he finally let me apply the shower gel to his firm arse was immense. I started there to save the best for last. My fingers kneading his muscles before I spread his cheeks and washed him as thoroughly as I dared. I wondered if I could risk trying to slip a finger inside his puckered entrance, but I chickened out. There was a noticeable reaction when my fingertips brushed over his enticingly forbidden opening as I was lathering him up and then rinsing him down, though. I moved around his exquisitely sculpted legs until I was kneeling in front of him, looking up at him to check that I had permission to touch. I saw him nod his assent and reached out for him. My soapy hands stroked up his smooth thighs until I reached the differently textured skin of his scrotum. Ever so tenderly, I cupped his heavy balls, rubbing the soap into them gently as the skin tightened and his cock began to thicken. Okay, I know what series I'm coming back to. Consort of the Werewolf King Book 3. I gotta know what 1 and 2 have here. All right. I was mesmerized as it rose up before me, enlarging and stiffening until it reached the full extent of its size. He's talking about his cock. As his erection grew before me, his glands swelled and darkened, becoming engorged with blood. The deep purple head was exposed as his foreskin rolled back around it, uncircumcised. Schefter, revealing it to my eyes. Every time I saw that beautiful cock of his, my mind was aflame with envy and lust. I too was lucky enough to be intact. This is fucking circumcision shaming. I too was lucky enough to be intact. My foreskin undamaged 
by the none too tender ministrations of some half-wit with a blade and a mission to prevent boys from playing with themselves. Man, this, is, this, is, this makes you think. I can easily appreciate the complete nature of his cock, particularly as it, ev as it evidenced Brian's lust for me. Okay, this is giving me a lot to think about in terms of circumcisions. Somehow, every time I got close to it, it seemed larger than the last time I'd seen it. From this angle, it towered above me as if I was looking at, up at some strange alien building. Throw alien. Pulsing with the flow of some unknown energy source. Given that Brian was a werewolf alpha, maybe that metaphor wasn't so far from the truth. What strange magical power gave him his abilities? Was it in part responsible for the magnificent sight before me? Or was that beauty purely in the lustful eye of the submissive admiring his master's hardened member? Regardless, I, there was a page break there, so I paused. Regardless, I slid my hands up his shaft coating him with soap until I reached his tip, my thumbs circling over his thick head, stroking back down at the, to the base and running my fingers over his balls again to provoke a low rumble from deep in his throat. Mm. Fumbling for the shower head in desperation, unable to turn my gaze away even for even a moment, I almost panicked when I didn't get it the first time. Relief flooded my brain when my questing hand curled around the handle and I was able to bring the spray to bear, rinsing him down quickly. I was intent on having his length clean of the soap suds, and once he glistened with pure water, I looked up at him, locking my gaze to his to ask for permission. Please, master, may I pleasure you? I asked, hopefully. Very well, cub. I know you won't be able to concentrate today until I've had my release in your mouth, will you? He responded, none too, sub tub none too subtly, suggesting that he was going to indulge me so that I could focus on other things for the rest of the day. This is a good writing. Of course, it was my need and not his that he was going to allow me to satisfy. I was happy to play along with that, as long as he allowed me to wrap my lips around his cock and suck him hard. My master could have whatever he wanted. However, he wanted it would be However he wanted it, I would get my pleasure from making him happy. No, master. Thank you for your kindness, I said, as I rose up onto my knees to get high enough that I could wrap my lips around the head of his cock. His glands filled my mouth, hot, velvet, and firm against my tongue. The sensations contradicted themselves as I licked all over the swollen bulb. My intertwined hands slowly stroked up and down the length of him, flitting over his over the taut sack containing his balls, and they reached the base of his shaft. 
I would not have thought it possible, but I could feel between my fingers and lips that he had become even harder as I worked his tip in my mouth and his shaft in my hands. I fell into a rhythm of sliding my hands down from just an, just under the curved ridge of his glands to the base of his shaft. This is very descriptive. At the same time, as I bobbed my head downward. With, with each synchronized motion, my head descended until I could feel his glands slide all the way along the length of my playful tongue to touch the back of my throat. I tried to take him as deeply as possible without choking. His reaction suggested that I was doing well, but now and then I took it a little too far. Then I, man, if you, if you started listening to this podcast on Throw Alien or still listening, I don't even know what to tell you. Then I found I had to ease back and cough a little to avoid gagging on his full length. Careful, cub. You can, pl- what's, the name of, what's the name of this book? Trained by the Alpha? Uh, careful, cub. You can pleasure me adequately without taking all of me in your mouth, Brian said reassuringly. I let him out of my mouth and replied, I want you all the way inside me, master. <laughs> I want to make you happy. He chuckled at me. He chuckled at my overtly ambitious desire. You do make me happy, Will. Do you doubt if you keep this up, I'll soon be filling your mouth with my seed? No, master. I know that you'll come from this. I just want it to be as good as possible, I said. I didn't want just want him to reach the minimum level of pleasure for him to come. I wanted him to explode, unable to control himself in the face of my onslaught. I wanted to be the best at this, the most sensual, sexy, satisfying cub he had ever taken under his wing. I wanted his training to be meaningful, for it to be obvious how well I paid attention to his needs and desires. I didn't want to be just good enough for him to come. I wanted him to tell his friends about his good little cocksucker. The sub he was training whose enthusiasm eclipsed all previous contenders. This is so much better than all the other fucking things I read. Except maybe the kissing the coronavirus. (sighs) That's an admirable ambition, Will. If you want to learn to take my full length all the way in to deep throat me, I will teach you one day. It will take time for you to learn, though. And for now, all I want is for you to concentrate on how you suck, how you use your tongue, and your hands, Brian explained patiently. There is more than enough for you to learn about that to perfect your techniques. Your skills are improving fast. I'll tell you when you are ready to move on to other things, Brian said, as I took him back in my mouth and began to work on him again. I was less aggressive this time, concentrating as he instructed on perfecting my technique. Yes, that's good, Will. That's what I want you to focus on. Keep sucking harder. Use your tongue. Keep your hands moving. I did as Brian bid me, using everything he'd said, directing every fiber of my being at his magnificent cock, feeling the smooth sensation of his glands stroking from the tip of my tongue to the back as I pumped him into my mouth. His breath was quickening as I filleted him, and I could feel that the muscles of his thighs were becoming tense. Then I knew that I had him near the peak of pleasure, and I was pushing him to ascend. I was considering backing off and slowing down for a moment, and then I looked up and his eyes 
Brian was looking down at me with an aching expression that told of a deep need for release. I knew, I knew I must give him that as soon as possible. I increased my pace, maintaining eye contact as best I could. I'd seen many a video where someone looked up while giving a blowjob, and it always seemed hugely erotic to me. I wasn't the only one who felt that way. I could tell from the way his body responded that it had the same effect on Brian. In just a few seconds, he gave a deep groan, and his cock began to pulse between my lips, flooding my mouth with the promised seed. They like calling cum seed. I'm learning that. Holding my head steady, the thick ridge of his glands just inside my lips as my hand pumped up and down his shaft, milking his cock as each spurt of cum shot into my mouth. I flicked my tongue over the tip of his cock, and as each gout of thick, creamy liquid, liquid, <laughs> think that again. I flicked my tongue over the tip of his cock as each gout of thick, creamy liquid erupted into my mouth. Swallow it down and then clean me off, Will, he said, his tone perfunctory. I want to relish the flavor and feeling of his hot cum in my mouth. I wanted him to see it for himself to show my pride in my efforts, but I knew better than to object. I swallowed a few times to clear my, to clear my mouth, then used my tongue and lips to lick him as clean as possible, gulping those errant dribbles down too. Then I got a little more shower gel in my hands and washed us both off, first his cock, then my face and hands. When I finished, he pulled me onto my feet spun me around to face out the shower and smacked me hard on the arse. <laughs> I want to say ass, but you know, preserve the literacy here. Uh, out. We're going downstairs, he ordered. Shouldn't we dry off first, I asked, a little too boldly for my own good as it turned out. His left hand shot out, gripping the back of my neck and pushing me down, bending me over at the waist. His right hand snaked out in a flash, his rock-hard palm landing on my backside. No warning, nothing said. He just smacked each of my cheeks hard, six times each. I cried out in pain, tears welling in my eyes, but my treacherous cock still hardened in response to my punishment. If I want your input, Will, I'll tell you, was his only response. Jason. I followed him downstairs and passed the kitchen into a part of the house I had not visited before. It was a modern extension that protruded from the rear of the house, a little like a very grand conservatory. Hmm. Big house. Once inside, though, I found it housed a large swimming pool, a full 50 meters long and well-constructed. It was as well designed and equipped as any of the rooms in Brian's house, but without any unnecessarily ostentatious decoration. Can I safely assume that you can swim, Will? Or is that something I need to, else I need to teach you? He inquired. Yes, Brian, I can swim. I've even got my 200-meter badge, I said, risking a little sarcasm. Good. We'll swim here several times a week for now. Get in. I want 10 links from you as quickly as you can manage, he said, ignoring my cheeky tone I'd used. He picked the lane and dove in as well. 
carving through the, the what are they? What are they? They're wolves. I guess wolves can swim. He picked a lane and dove in as well, carving through the water efficiently, treating it was an obstacle to be sliced into to clear his path. I followed suit, diving in somewhat clumsily and working hard to get my assigned links done. I hadn't swum in a couple swum in a couple of years, and I knew my form was terrible. Fortunately, the bite, it's capitalized, fortunately the bite had given me a new strength. So I put in a pretty good time. Brian was already out of the water by the time my hand slapped on the side for the last length. There's a lot of swimming erotica here. Interesting. Uh, he reached down to me, grabbing my wrist as I clasped, clasped his in turn, expecting a little help getting out. Instead, he simply straightened up and hoisted me bodily out of the water, only letting go once I was standing beside him. His muscles bulged, and so did he, and I was left in open-mouthed awe at the display of his raw physical power. Let's rinse off, cub, Brian said, walking over to the wall where there was a row of push-button showers. They're showering again. <laughs> where there was a row of push-button showers with chrome trays holding soap behind them. You're going to get your fucking skin dry, you know? You got to fucking moisturize all the showering. After a couple of minutes under the powerful jets, the minty shower gel. <laughs> it's like fucking Inception, man. You're just fucking going back and looping here. Uh back in time I guess it's not Inception but it's just for definitely Christopher Nolan time shit it's like we're back in the shower Brian clearly favored the banished clearly favored banished the stringent smell of chlorine from our skin that, okay that was that was I read that right it was just written Brian picked up a pair of towels from a nearby stand and threw one to me laying another on a bench against the wall Sitting down, I began to dry myself off. That's not for you to dry yourself, Will. You can air dry. Fold it back up and put it on the floor, he said, pointing to the space between his knees. I looked up, and I could see his cock was hardening again. I knew I had a massive grin on my face as I hastily folded the towel and dropped to my knees on it almost as soon as it hit the tiles. Okay. I had his cock back in my mouth before he'd even gotten fully hard and began to suck him for all I was worth. He was soon thick, hard, and swollen enough to look like he'd burst at the seams. I was relieved not to be able to taste the chlorine from the pool over the scent of the mint gel we used. They are really, this dude's really into mint gels. All right, uh, as his cock sank into my mouth, I'd made a mental note to clean him diligently whenever we swam. I didn't want the delicious taste of his cum to be spoiled by the chemicals used to keep the water clear. As my head bobbed up and down, my tongue working on working my tongue working its magic on his cock, I looked up at him, hoping to meet his eyes again. He had a satisfied smile on his face, but his eyes were shut. He leant back against the wall behind the bench and was breathing deeply, biting his lip as I pleasured him. We don't have time for you to practice your technique, Will. I have a busy day planned for us. 
I just want you to make me come as quickly as you can. For each minute you take over three, I will punish you later today, Brian, com com Brian commanded. Okay, this thing's got a lot of energy. I mean, I guess he's a shifter, so he's got wolf in him, but like you can't, you wake up, take a shower, come, swim, take a shower, come, then busy day. Okay, that was it. That was it. All he said about it. I didn't know how long I'd taken before, but I was willing to bet three minutes would be a personal record for me. I noticed a swimming clock somewhere on the wall behind me when I came in, but I had no idea how quickly time was passing. Okay, the, 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 there's typos. There haven't been too many, but there, we're, we're getting them now. Instead of worrying about that, as I had to beat the challenge, I used only the tricks and techniques I was learning that Brian had responded to the fastest. Trying hard to weave a spell of such exquisite pleasure, worshipping his cock with such magic, that he'd been unable to bear my enchantment. I added my hand to his shaft, and he didn't object, so I cupped his balls with my other hand, all the while working the head of his cock with my tongue and lips. I sucked hard in time with, rhythm, with the rhythm of my hands as I stroked his shaft. I rolled... I rolled my tongue over his glands as I applied that suction with my mouth. My fingers danced along his length, and I looked up at him for signs of a response. Despite this, his eyes remained closed, his breathing shallow, unable to make contact. I dropped my eyes, trying a different angle with my mouth in the hopes of getting more immediate response from him. I did get an answer, just not the one I wanted. Brian said, your three minutes are up. That's one punishment earned. I, and I knew I was in trouble. I gulped, wondering what he had in store for me and knowing it'd be best to avoid reaching the next full minute and attracting a stronger punishment. Picking up the pace, I moved my hands faster and dipped my head in time with the new beat. Brian rewarded me with a noticeable tightening of his massive thigh muscles and an audible quickening of his breath. Having found a path to success, I followed it gleefully, dancing down it with my tongue and lips, trying to reach the end of the trail as quickly as I could. Still, he said, that's four minutes. Just before his hands dropped to my head, clamping me in place as my lips reached their lowest point on his shaft my mouth was full from my lips to the back of my tongue with the boiling heat of his flesh and he erupted my mouth with a roar of pleasure it sounds exhausting like, an, like a really exhausting day I received my master's seed gratefully and he rewarded me by ordering me to show him my mouth once he'd finished I felt a delightfully filthy pride in showing my master that his cub had a mouthful of his hot, sticky seed. My own stiff cock was straining for release, and his look of lust when he told me to swallow heightened that feeling. Once my tongue and lips had done their duty and licked him clean, he stood and dragged me back to the showers for another rinse down. Okay, this is the third shower. They've been up for like an hour. Uh, all right, Brian 
Ryan relished the play of water and enjoyed being clean, for which I was eternally grateful. This was all so new to me, and I much preferred being clean, unlike my average fellow students. This time, we did use the towels to dry ourselves off. That was a nice payoff to that plant of the towels. Or rather, I used them to dry Brian off, and then he, permit, he permitted me to dry myself. As I did, his cock rose to attention, and he allowed me to suckle at him for a, just a moment before pushing my head away, denying me another helping of his tasty sperm. Let me show you to the gym, Will, Brian said, pointing toward a door to the side of the swimming pool structure. I got to my feet and walked ahead of him into the gym, trying to make my arse shimmy enticingly though it seemed to have no immediate effect on my master. I whistled when I stepped through the room, which was probably as large as the swimming pool. There was everything you'd expect to find in a commercial gym, only this place dripped with money. I wondered just how well off Brian was. And that's the end um, of that. And, uh, yeah, pulling the George Costanza and going out strong. That was, uh, I'm not going to find a better one than that. And that was pretty long, too. So uh, let me pull up the document here and, and just get us out of this episode. My rev quick review is that, yeah, uh, trained by the alpha of the uh, Consort of the Werewolf King, book three by K.F. Jones. Uh, other, The first book is called Bitten by the Alpha. The second book is called Claimed by the Alpha. This is book three, Trained by the Alpha. Book four is initiated by the pack. Fuck. Okay, so I shouldn't have started with book three. That was a mistake. But I got three others. So about ever dies again, uh, that's where I'm going. Or maybe I can, maybe we read those when, when he's here. That had, a, speaking of Ballard, that had a lot of things I think Ballard would like. It had swimming. He he was a, he's a, a swim team guy. Uh, it had uh, showering. I know he takes two showers a day. So if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed that, both Ballard and Cool Boy Nation. Uh, that's that's as far as I think we need to go this episode, though. We got at least three other uh, of the uh, gay wolf king uh, consort, consort of the werewolf king series. Uh, and that'll be it. So, Cool Boy Nation, email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes come out on Fridays. Be sure to like and subscribe. The making of authorized distribution of this podcast allegedly sported over 1,500 jobs and involved hundreds of thousands of work hours. Be sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or Android Podcasts, whatever it's called. And uh, listen to Batman and Beyond on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Vizies from Falk. It's the only person on this episode. Bye. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. Oh my God. You son of a bitch. Fire. See, I got a huge cock. Oh my God. Give me what I want! Oh, oh my god! So you can run and tell that! God damn! Oh boy! I'm not in your damn cell! Get out of here! The whistles go woo! Yeah.